With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, let's go. Let's go. Real sports talk for real sports fans. Oh, man, I love it. I love it. You suck. Back to Miller and Condon on 1700 KBGG. Ken Miller Show. Trent and I, another hour to go with you. We appreciate you joining us. If you miss anything or want to hear something again, uh, the podcasts are available everywhere. Including KenMiller.com. Oh, nice. Look at you working during the breaks. Always. I appreciate that (laughs) out of you, Trent Condon, no doubt about it. A couple of things I want to get to. By the way, if you're a Hawkeye football fan um, and you're on Twitter, I'm assuming you're following Leistakow or Emmett or Morehouse or Doc or Bowen Camp or any uh, Kakert. Batterson. Um, Yeah, Batterson, Steve Batterson. Um, Phil Parker just spoke. Uh huh. Brian Ferentz is speaking as we speak. Okay. And lots of information coming up in the final weekend of spring football. The coordinators today with the media. Um, that's why we, I mean, I wanted to have Doc today, but we're going to get him tomorrow once this is all said and done. But uh, lots of Hawkeye news. Hawkeye news, but in basketball, kind of Hawkeye news. Former Hawkeye, Brady Ellingson to Drake, Trent. Yeah. That kind of came out of no. Well, I mean, look, we knew he was going somewhere. Mm-hmm. I, I get the fit. I think it makes a ton of sense. In fact, I think he's going to be really good. Do you? I do. How about DeVries to getting some things done there, right? Well, it started with uh, Nick Norton from UAB, mm-hmm. who has connections here to the state. His dad played at the University of Iowa. In fact, is the women's coach at UAB, his dad is. And I'm sure maybe that probably be a pretty big reason why he was down there. But he, uh, not real big, 5'10", but just a real good distributor. I mean, you talk about what you're kind of looking for when you're making that bridge between getting a new regime in there. Mm-hmm. This makes a ton of sense. You get a fifth-year transfer at your point guard. You get a guy that's played in the Big Ten now with Brady Ellingson, and suddenly, what looked to be a, 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 a cover your eyes type of year. Eighteen yeah. was a real possibility I year too. Now you got a couple of high-level mm-hmm. guys that played in really good leagues. Mm-hmm. Hey, that's that's a pretty nice foundation, right? No, I'm with you. McGlynn I, back in the middle, uh, and, and that that was going to be what they brought back, right? Yeah. It was McGlynn, and then what? And then. <laughs> Well, you hope that Thomas stays on. You hope that Jalen Gibbs stays on. Speaking of that, have you heard those two guys, the two freshman guards, who we both liked to differ moments of last year? I have not seen them make any indications that they're Me going neither. anywhere. That's good. Very, very good. That was DeVries' first re- – he had to re-recruit these kids. Right. And good for him for doing that. But those two guys, mm-hmm. two fifth-year senior guards, McGlynn in the middle – it's a real Maybe basketball not as team, as gloomy again. as we thought it was going to be, Trent Condon. Now, the MVC is going to be really good, though. Really good. Is it? Loyola loses some pieces, but they still got, I think, five of their top By eight By the back. way, speaking of Loyola, yeah. did you see that uh, the Bulls wanted Sister Jean 
to take part in the NBA draft lottery. Oh, really? They wanted her to be sitting up yeah. on the stage. You know how they do it, right? Right. But you have to be associated with the team, oh. and the NBA shot that down. Too bad. She's, they're they're going to draw this out as long as they possibly can, right? Might as well. Well, I mean, it can't be real long. She's well, like, that's a good point. She doesn't yeah, have decades in front of her. That's true, yeah. So, yeah, give her all the pub. I mm-hmm. love Sister Jean. <laughs> and can't you acquiesce a little bit there on the rules? Yeah, it's, I agree with you, right? What harm would it possibly... Oh, right. She's a nun, for crying out loud. Right, yes. What possibly harm could this come to your league by having a 98-year-old wheelchair-bound nun... Sit up there with the Bulls when they open the envelopes. And she she not knows her the, hoops. Not going to make the pick. No. <laughs> right. right. Or she'd be taking Gar Pax somebody. is not going to yeah. be, though maybe they should. Yeah, that's mean. not fair. That's an interesting point, and maybe you're on to something. <laughs> but back to the MVC. Loyal will be good. Mm-hmm. Southern Illinois and Illinois State basically both bring back everybody. Mm-hmm. Bradley brings back basically everybody, and those were all pretty good teams this year. Panthers. You and I brings in a top 100 player. Mm-hmm. And A.J. Green. Right. Still lacking up front, but their backcourt's going to be really good. And they have the sit-out transfer, the kid from Pepperdine, who will be coming in, won't be eligible until a season from now. next year, yep. But you just look across this league, it's early. I think if they have the kind of start that they remember, the NBC was a big surprise last year, how well they were in the non-con In the non-con season, yeah. If they have another year like that, there is going to be a real possibility, I think, of multiple teams getting in from the MVC. Well, and Loyola would be considered the uh, a preseason favorite, right? Yes. I mean, overwhelmingly? Uh, yeah, I think so. I, I mean, they'll still be most everybody's pick, but the gap between them... Evansville lost their leading score? Evansville's going to be terrible. Are they? They're going to be really bad in year number one as... Uh, Oh, Northwestern was on that grad list. We were talking about the kid from uh, uh, from uh, Mooney? Mooney. Yes, Matt Mooney. Matt Mooney. Yeah, he was from South Dakota. South Dakota, but he made Northwestern made the cut too. So Northwestern, Texas Tech, and Creighton for three of the ones for sure. And uh, yeah, Evansville lost Ryan Taylor, who's hmm. going on to Northwestern. They lose basically everybody. It's going to be hmm. Walter McCarty has got a difficult job. He's going to be stepping into uh, there in Indiana, but. I would guess them and Drake would probably be picked towards the bottom. You and I, I don't even know if they'll be picked in the top half. I would guess sixth, seventh, probably in that range. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be a really good year in the MVC. And uh, Loyola, that Final Four run is going to help too. But but Drake, well, maybe not help, as bad. It's going to help every year for the next few years because yes. all the teams are going to be able to cash in on that uh, on that unbelievable. That helps too. Run. Yeah, the Brady Ellingson Trent. Uh, I mean, did you? I guess maybe he's not a big enough name that you follow some of the rumors that were out there. Right. I hadn't heard anything. I hadn't and seen a peep. The one thing that I had heard, what was it? It, was, it wasn't it was UW-Green Bay because he's from upstate Wisconsin, but it, it wasn't UW-Milwaukee. Maybe it was, it was UW-Milwaukee maybe, but, but that was very early. Like when it was initially, somebody said that was probably a phone call at least that mm-hmm. he was going to make was, was over to there. But it seems like a, playing the Horizon League or the MVC. Play at Drake or go to UW-Milwaukee. Academically, Drake makes a whole lot of sense, too. It does. You know, I like what DeVries is doing. I like what Brian Harden's doing over there. Yes. You know, so far, so good. From where we sit. And, right. You know, we're not we're not claiming to be connected to Drake. Right. Uh, but um, from afar, if you will, and then having an opportunity to share those opinions, I think they're doing well. Well, I mean, you're, you're done it, too. You've got blue plate special. You could probably go hang out with all the— uh, Not a bad move. Yeah, see, I, you could get all that you're... Drake information. I, it's not a bad move. <laughs> we will take a time out. We're going to get all the Kansas information. Royals, Chiefs, Jayhawks, Blair Kirkhoff. Glad to have Blair 
whenever we get an opportunity to speak with him. And we'll do so when Trent and I continue. We are here until 2. It's the Ken Miller Show on 1700 KBGG. Afternoons, we talk sports on 1700 with Jimmy B and TC, Des Moines' savviest sports duo on the Big Talker, 1700 KBGG. Hey guys, Nate Adams. Buying jewelry can be scary. When I was ready to propose, I went online first, but then I stopped by Christopher's Fine Jewelry. Christine showed me the four C's and helped me understand what I was buying. I got a ring that my wife loves to this day and a relationship with a local jeweler that is so important. If you're ready to propose, go to Christopher's today. Special engagement pricing going on now through April 30th. Learn more at Christopher'sJewelry.com. Villaggio Italian Restaurant brings real homemade Italian to you. Fantastic food, great service, and an elegant vibe that feels like home. All your favorites from the original in Norwalk and an expanded menu with the newest location on 100th Street in Urbandale. Plus, one of the best happy hours in the metro from 3 to 6 each weekday. When you're thinking Italian, make it Villaggio. Pizza, pasta, sandwiches, and more. Two locations, Sunset Drive in Norwalk and 100th Street in Urbandale. Villaggio Italian Restaurant. The weather's getting warmer, and that means it's time to start working on your yard. Right now at O'Reilly Auto Parts, pick up a Super Start lawn and garden battery starting at $24.99. Springtime means yard work, so stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts for a Super Start lawn and garden battery you can count on. O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. Limit supply. See store for details. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. When it comes to hiring, you don't have time to waste. You need to get to a short list of qualified candidates fast. That's why you need Indeed.com. Post a job in minutes. Set up screener questions based on your job requirements. Then zero in on qualified candidates using our intuitive online dashboard. Your time is precious. Let Indeed help you get to your short list of qualified candidates. Post a job today at Indeed.com slash hire. Search for greatness. Search Indeed. The Rookie is Central Iowa's leader in sports cards, collectibles, supplies, and memorabilia. The Rookie has a large selection of vintage and modern-day sports cards for brands such as Topps, Upper Deck, and Panini. Whether you're starting a new collection or building your own, The Rookie has all your needs from football, basketball, baseball, hockey, UFC, and more. It's time to collect. Stop by The Rookie, 9992 Swanson Boulevard, right across from the Willis Auto Campus. And online at TheRookieSportsCards.com. At the Food Bank of Iowa, we know it's hard to believe that someone you might know might be struggling with hunger. But when one in eight Iowans may not be sure where their next meal is coming from, hunger may be closer to home than you think. It affects all kinds of people. Parents, students, families, like the Hardesty family. Even though they work full-time, they struggle to make ends meet. But with three children, giving up isn't an option. We help families like the Hardesty's every day. You might not know this family, but they could be your neighbors. Together, we can help ensure that all of our neighbors in need have dinner on the table. Donate today at foodbankiowa.org. We're the Food Bank of Iowa, and together we can solve hunger. Since 1993, Wolf Construction has been Des Moines' choice for residential and commercial roofing. From complete re-roofing to small leaks, call Wolf Construction at 225-8866 for your roofing needs. Call 225-8866 to set up your roofing consultation or online at wolfconstruction.net. That's wolfconstruction.net. 
for Wolf Construction. A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau. WolfConstruction.net. Baseball. Is there another professional sport that brings out as much passion and as many memories in their fans? Kevin the Flag Guy here. We love baseball at Heartland Flags. Go Reds. We know what the flag means, and so do you. The classic pinstripes, the simple W, or the iconic throwback logos of your favorite team. Baseball is back, and it's time to fly your favorite team's flag. Shop in-store, 3719 Southwest 9th in Des Moines, or online at heartlandflags.com. Guys, Trent Condon here again for New Leaf Wellness. Warm weather is going to be here before you know it, and if you added some pounds during the winter, New Leaf Wellness can help you. Great treatment programs designed specifically for you. I'm on the GAC and Mick. It has helped me not just lose weight with my energy level, no more lulls in the afternoon. Give them a call today. Set up a free, no-obligation consultation. 515-650-1358. That's 515-650-1358. Let's feel better together with New Leaf Wellness Centers. To enjoy life indoors during Iowa's hottest months, call Logier Heating and Cooling. Right now, you can save $3,400 or more with combined rebates on a new Dave Lennox signature system from Logier. Check out LogierHeatingCooling.com for details. For over 110 years, Logier has made Central Iowans happy inside. See customer reviews on Google, Facebook, and the Des Moines BBB website. Call Logier at 267-1000. We make you happy inside. Real sports talk for real sports fans. Back to Miller and Condon on 1700 KBGG. All right, welcome back. It's the Ken Miller Show, 1700 KBGG. Trent and I until 2. Dave Sinekin uh, coming up uh, from the Twin Cities. We'll talk to Dave Sinekin in about 15 minutes. Right now, Blair Kirkhoff, Kansas City star, joins us a variety of topics. Love when we get an opportunity to clear out the Kansas, the state of Kansas, city of Kansas City notebook, uh, and we do so here today. How are you, Blair? Trent and Ken in Des Moines. Thanks for coming on. Hey, great talking to you guys. Doing well. Hope you guys are too. Absolutely. Let's start uh, with the Royals. We'll save the Jayhawks and the Chiefs uh, coming up. And you know, I did you happen to see an advanced ticket sales for Sunday? Because I have to assume, Blair, uh, that it was going to be a pretty good crowd, knowing that the phenom that Otani is was scheduled to pitch. Was there anything uh, released as far as how many tickets had been sold prior to the postponement? Not that I saw. I was out there Sunday, and and, uh, and sometimes you get wind of that. And the Royals certainly know how many. Um, you know, they they tell the employees out there, the workers, you know, how many to expect. And I, um, and I, I didn't see anything. I did notice when I when I got to the stadium about ten in the morning for a for a game that was scheduled to start at one fifteen. I was surprised by the number of cars that were already there on a day that was um, just bitter, bitter cold. But I will say this, at, at 12.45, a uh, half hour before first pitch, there weren't very many people in the stadium. They Now, not at least visible from the press box, you could uh, you could imagine maybe they were still in their cars, just hadn't gotten in yet, or they were warming up in the concourse area. No telling how many people would have been at the stadium, but it was certainly a um, uh, one of those curiosity factor games with, uh, with Otani, uh, Otani on the mound. I, I wanted to see him pitch. Yeah, everybody, was, I'm sure, was that way. Now uh, it'll be a, a makeup game at a later date, and obviously no uh, 
no, well, a one in five chance that, right. that Otani will be on the bump. With, with that, Blair, uh, if it would have been a beautiful 70-degree day, what kind of walk-up crowd would have they have gotten for that one? I suspect, uh, yeah, on an ideal day, I, I suspect that it would have been a huge walk-up and, and probably close to, I, I don't know, 30,000, which for a, you know, for a Sunday game in April uh, for a team that's, not that it's really not playing well would have been um, uh, a great crowd actually. Um, yeah, the, the, uh, so much of the you know the the early some of the early storylines in the in the baseball season kind of converged on on that day. One is Otani, and the other is the weather, um, and and uh, and all the and all the postponements that we've had in, in baseball. Um, and so uh, the weather took care of the Otani day in in, in Kansas City. Every, you know, earlier in the week when they when they saw the pitching rotation and how it was going to unfold, it was almost it was almost ideal. Otani was going to you know play the first two games. He doesn't play the day before he pitches, and then he was going to pitch on the in the in the series finale on Sunday. So it almost worked out perfectly. And I imagine you know many many tickets were sold for for that game. And um, it's it's a shame that it didn't didn't get to happen. But I will say this: we. We did talk to Otani after the game, and he was concerned about um, you know his fingertips and, and having a grip and a feel for the ball. Mm. Um, and, and look, it was uh, it was 31 degrees when the game was called with a wind chill of I think 19, 19 or 20, <laughs> and it wasn't going to change uh, throughout the course of the game. The, the weather pattern had set in, and, and it was not going to change. So. That's um, that's why it was called. It was called too late for everybody's uh, you know concern, but but it was called, and and I just got a sense the players were happy that it, that it was called. Blair, um, we know what it's like uh, when when the team's at home in L.A. As far as the Japanese media contingent that is there when he's at home, are they following him on the road? Did you notice an appreciable number of Japanese media that were there to watch him? Yeah, the press box actually at Kauffman Stadium on Sunday was set up like a World Series. There were, um, you know, in addition to the regular, uh, the, the regular seating, there were tables set up behind the regular seating, and then in the, uh, um, uh, and then in areas behind that. And the only time that I have seen it that way is during postseason baseball and then the All Star Game in 2012. That's the the, the the additional space where they can put the uh, you know uh, the, the 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 writers who who just parachute in for an occasion. So, and it was all reserved for Japanese media. It's it's an incredible following what um, uh, what what he's uh, what he has, and and of course he, he doesn't speak English um, very well, so he, he travels with an interpreter, and, um, and and so we're gathered. You know, you know, after the game was called, we're all downstairs in the. Uh, Outside the clubhouse, he can't do it. He, he can't conduct interviews in the clubhouse because there's too many Japanese media, and you know you know how it is in the clubhouse. Like any locker room, the lockers are next to each other, and they would have crowded out too many teammates. So they bring him outside or into an interview room. In this case, it was just outside the locker room, and I don't know, twenty, twenty-five members of the Japanese media with with cameras and you know cell phones and uh, tape recorders crowded crowded around him. And he has to conduct interviews in, in both English and Japanese. So he, he handles uh, the like the traveling beat writers for the Angels, and, and, and there were many national writers, Pedro Gomez and Ken Rosenthal. Those guys were among others who were who were down there. Um, so he handled the you know he did about ten questions in English, and then he walks over to the 
to the Japanese throng and does another, you know, 10 minutes or so with, uh, with Japanese media. It's, it's quite a phenomenon. I don't, you know, he'll, you know, when he comes back to this part of the country, whether it's, you know, in Chicago or, or Kansas city, um, uh, Minnesota, it'll be, it'll be, it'll be fun to see him. And it's, um, and, and, and Japanese, citizens or, or American citizens who are Japanese or Japanese descent or whatever, they, they are buying a lot of tickets for, for games that in which he plays. Very cool story. Yeah, it uh, really is. A real fun one to uh, follow and, and always love those baseball storylines. Not a very fun story, though, for the Kansas Jayhawks, as uh, they were the latest team to be named last week in the FBI probe. Uh, your takeaway from that and – how concerning are the latest that, that has come out now Kansas in the spotlight? Well, it's certainly a concern. Um, Kansas fans are, are, are rightfully concerned. Um, you know, Kansas uh, has spoken only through statements. And, and, and that actually the news came out on the day last uh, Tuesday. In fact, it was a week ago today, and that was happened to be the night of the Kansas postseason banquet. So Bill Self did address it. Um, somewhat vaguely after, um, you know, after the banquet, but, um, look, it's it's a um, any any time your school or the school that you pull for is mentioned in the way that Kansas was mentioned, you're you're, you're going to be concerned. Keeping there's a you know, it, it's a developing story, and there are, there are several layers to it. And maybe the first thing to, to remember is it's it you know where it stands right now is it's an FBI investigation. It's not an NCAA investigation, and. Um, the FBI can't put teams on probation or vacate victories or, or trophies, that sort of thing. Um, that, that's only that's that's only the the NCAA's. Uh, it's in the NCAA's power. Um, the question, the first question that, that needs to be, be asked is: Is the FBI finished with its with its findings? Or you know, there have been two presentations by the FBI. One last September, which you know, which was the the, the formal intro for for this um for this scandal this recruiting scandal and then the other one was um you know was two a couple weeks ago or or last week i'm sorry last tuesday with you know the the, the entire basketball season was played the the tournament was unfolded the final four happened and then you know a week or so after that the fbi comes out with its next um set of uh allegations and, and facts and named didn't name any any person no new person was named in this, but some of the ones who were originally named back in September were associated with different schools, and one was Kansas, the other was North Carolina State. And so, so up to now, about um, you know anywhere 8 to 10 to 12 schools have been directly linked through the FBI uh, in its announcements, and then through other media reports, the Yahoo report that came out in, in late January or late February, you know, another dozen, uh, two dozen or so schools have, have been implicated by people who have been named by the FBI. So it's still in the realm of the FBI. It's not, uh, it's, it's not the concern yet of the NCAA. It's of concern uh, of the N- to the NCAA. But at some point, uh, the NCAA will it'll, it'll it'll fall under the NCAA's umbrella. I don't know if they're, if the NCAA is just going to take all the investigation that the FBI has done. Certainly, it's the FBI was able to to do things that the NCAA can't in terms of investigating with the wiretaps and subpoena power and that sort of thing. Um, do they just do they just hand over their findings to the NCAA and have them open up investigations against these schools or? 
what's going to happen. No, nobody knows that. Nobody at the NCAA will speak to it. We've tried to get them to talk about it. And, and so that's, that's kind of where it is right now, uh, along with everybody speculating on what might happen. And I think in the, in, in the case of Kansas, a worst-case scenario would be that the players, uh, the, the one player who did play, who was his name wasn't named, but you can draw the conclusion that it was Silvio DeSouza, yep. the freshman. Oh, if 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 it if the thing follows a course where you know he's deemed ineligible, then Kansas may have to forfeit games, and um, and and uh, and then then the league will have to decide what to do with the the 14th consecutive Big 12 championship, the, the tournament trophy, and and Kansas's Final Four appearance. Well, I know what happened because I watched them, and I hate when teams have to vacate stuff because we saw the games play out. You know, the one thing, Blair, that, um, you know, where where I sit, and I'm sure it was, you know, different throughout different pockets of the Big 12, just the, the word victim that was, you know, put in the release, and I know that you can draw the correlation between the, the FBI statement. I just have a hard time believing that nobody would have known that these kids would have suddenly shown up on campus and nobody would have asked, well, how did this kid get here? Boy, we're sure glad to have him type of thing. Just the whole victim thing kind of soured me a little bit because maybe I'm just too jaded. I'm not, I don't buy the victim. No, I think that, I, I, I think you're right. And, and that, I think that bothered a lot of other people as well, that for, for the school to, to call itself a victim uh, in, in a, in a statement uh, was, was a little too strong. And uh it's one thing for Bill Self to say, as he did last Tuesday, that, look, uh, we didn't know what was going on. All this happened without our knowledge. Um, and, and, def- and defend Kansas in that way. But the university itself went a step further in its release by, by calling itself a victim. And I, I thought that was a poor choice of words. And it, doesn't, it doesn't help Kansas or any other school that might do that in the, in the court of uh, public opinion. So I think they were in some in some corners they were ridiculed for that and um, and and and, uh, and they're just going to have to accept it because they brought that on themselves. Um, but but the, the the larger point here is there's no proof and the FBI you know contends that you know there there was no there was no Kansas coach involved um, there was no um, uh, there was no way that you know there was no proof that. That um, there's nothing to prove that Kansas knew about what had happened. Now we can we we can say there's no way that that, that self or coaching assistant coaches they don't you know how could they not know these types of things? I, all I care about is you know did, did the FBI find proof that, that it was known? In the case of North Carolina State, there is proof. Yeah, coaches. They've got an assistant coach. Yeah, they got the coach on on, on the um, with the wiretap uh, on on record saying that. That's not the case with Kansas. So Kansas is able to say it, um, you know, it, it didn't know, able to say and accurately say it didn't know what was going on in this, you know, it, it, while these transactions were happening. But the FBI's made the case, and their whole case rests on the idea that Kansas was defrauded, and these schools were defrauded because the players who ended up signing had to sign on their you know, on their letter of intent or their scholarships that um, that they, you know, that they have been recruited in in in, in ways that were not illegal, and uh, and and would not uh, would not jeopardize their eligibility if they signed, their, you know, the the document. And, and these are these are colleges that receive federal money. Anybody who has a 
a kid in college that's filled out a FAFSA form knows what I'm talking about. That there's you know there's federal money that goes to these colleges. That's the FBA case is based on you know let's we'll just use Kansas as the example. They they signed a player who um, whose guardian alleged by the FBI accepted thirty at least thirty thousand dollars in in money to to make a switch to switch from Maryland to to Kansas, and and then he signed a letter of intent. Uh, that said he you know he, he he didn't know he had no knowledge of of, of this um, so the FBI alleges that Kansas was defrauded uh, and and that's that's what the case has been made how these cases have been made against uh, Kansas and some of the other schools Blair we are out of time love talking to you look forward to doing it again soon thank you Blair Kirkhoff okay guys Take good care. to talk to you Blair Kirkhoff Kansas City star good uh, good segment there as always with Blair we'll come back uh <coughs> Excuse me, one more to go. Trent, would you take us a break? I'm going to cough. Yes, uh, we got you. We're coming up on the other side talking with Dave Sinekin, the head cheese, talking Packers, and also doing some work with the T-Wolves. We'll talk a little T-Wolves with him. Coming up next here on the Ken Miller Show with Trent Condon, 1700. News, talk, sports. Yeah, we got all that online at 1700kbgg.com. You ever wonder what you look like with a full, natural head of hair? Well, find out. Mr. Executive lets you try before you buy. Get real hair again and a lease with options. Mr. Executive offers a 90-day lease for just $200. At the end of 90 days, if you decide to keep your new hair, the initial investment goes toward the purchase price. Look, don't spend any more money on potions and lotions that don't work. Check the latest in hair replacement online at mrexecutive.com or call 274-4049. Mr. Executive, 70th and University in Windsor Heights. My name is Becky Mooney, and I'm with the Sparkle Run. This is our fifth year of the Sparkle Run in memory of Aaron Mooney, who passed away from leukemia in October of 2013. The Sparkle Run benefits local nonprofits who support families affected by childhood cancer. This year's event is on Sunday, May 6th, and will benefit the Pinky Swear Foundation, who supports families through rent and mortgage payments, car payments, insurance, child care, and gas cards. We will have family activities and packet pickup from 12 to 2 p.m., a 5K walk and run at 2 p.m., and a one-mile fun run at 3 p.m. All this is held at DMAC in Ankeny. For more information or to register, go to getmeregister.com backslash the sparkle run. If your basement leaks or floods, or if you have mold, mildew, or a musty smell, call Midwest Basement Systems today to request a free basement waterproofing estimate. As Iowa's premier basement waterproofing and foundation repair contractor, Midwest Basement Systems will send one of their certified basement waterproofing specialists to visit your home and conduct a thorough inspection of your basement's foundation. All of us parents have heard about skyrocketing college tuition costs and staggering student loan debt for graduates and naturally wonder, what can you do? We can help. Hi, this is Mike Hammond, owner of Advantage Financial and Tax Services located in West Des Moines. A 529 college savings plan allows parents or relatives to set aside money for their future college students and possibly save on taxes too. With an automatic monthly savings plan, this makes for a simple and steady way to add to this account. For information, visit AdvantageIowa.com or call 440 440- one one three three. Washer Systems of Iowa, blasting grime and saving you time. At Washer Systems of Iowa, we have an experienced factory trained service department and will work on any American made pressure washer. Washer Systems of Iowa featuring Mighty M industrial pressure washers. Mighty M built in Iowa, number one in Iowa. Washer Systems of Iowa. 
visit their showroom at 6050 Northeast 14th Street in Des Moines or online, washersystems.com. You don't need more sports, but you want more sports. Rockstar Satellite can fix that with free next-day installation on DirecTV. Call Rockstar Satellite, 515-262-STAR. Call today for next-day installation, 515-262-STAR. You just get it through the experience. I'm a fan of a lot of our fast, casual cuisine. I love the theater and the shopping. My kids love to go to the parks. There's a lot going on musically. If you can't find things to do in Des Moines, you must be boring. This is a magical place. Don't miss out. Visit CatchDesMoines.com and plan your getaway to Greater Des Moines. Catch what you've been missing. Guys, are you ready to begin your journey to live life better? Are you feeling tired and worn down or looking to improve performance and drive in the bedroom? Looking to burn fat and gain muscle? Then it's time to contact New Leaf Wellness. New Leaf Wellness offers a free, no-obligation consultation. Dr. Robert Seaman and the New Leaf staff will help craft a plan dedicated to you. From testosterone replacement therapy, advanced weight loss, to nutritional therapy, New Leaf Wellness strives to find the plan that will improve your quality of life. Dr. Robert Seaman and New Leaf Wellness. Give them a call today at 515-650-1358. Again, 515-650-1358 for New Leaf Wellness. One more time, 515-650-1358. It's time to live life better with New Leaf Wellness. Call 515-650-1358. That's 515-650-1358. Real sports talk for real sports fans. Back to Miller and Condon on 1700 KBGG. All right, welcome back. It's our final segment of a uh, Tuesday edition of the Ken Miller Show. Trent and I every Monday through Friday, noon to 2. And then Jimmy B and TC get you home from 4 until 6 afternoon drive sports talk radio. Let's head to Green Bay. Well, we're going to head to the Twin Cities, but normally we're talking Green Bay Packers with Dave Sinekin, and we will. As you know, you read his blog, theheadcheese.com, you Packer fans. But uh, Dave's uh, very involved, at least has been in the past well, it's been really in the past since the Timberwolves were in the playoffs, and they'll go back on the air. Uh, Trent Tucker and uh, Dave Sinekin will do some uh, post-game Timberwolves uh, uh, radio, but uh, lots of ground to cover before we get to that. Dave, great to talk to you as always. Can I run my theory by you before we run out of time? Because I think I'm on to something. You got us. Yeah, I'd, l- I'd love to one? hear it. Let's, yeah, let's do it. So, thank you. Uh, so, Trent and I were on the air last week at some point when um, Jerry Jones decided to part ways with Des Bryant. And, you know, that was one of the big talkers on, on our program because we're both football crazed here and we're both, uh, you know, dying, salivating for any any reason to incorporate uh, football into the program. So we started to back and forth, you know, first thing that comes into your head, first team that pops into your head, where would it make sense for Des Bryant to play his football? Well, Baltimore came out, and I was starting to make a case for Baltimore, and then all of a sudden it dawned on me, Dave Sinekin. Aaron Rodgers doesn't have Jordy Nelson. There's a new sheriff in town as far as in the executive offices, in the front offices. They're doing business differently than the Ted Thompson era. Des Bryant would be the weapon, I feel, that would make Aaron Rodgers absolutely giddy this offseason. Does Des Bryant to the Packers make any sense at all to you? God, I hate to burst your bubble. I, I 
I'd really be surprised. And I know the Packers seem to be on the short list of, of most people as they look at what makes the most sense for Dez. Um, and I get it because Green Bay is in the market for another wide receiver. Uh, they looked uh, at Michael Crabtree. They went after Allen Robinson. And uh, I think they'll see how the draft falls. And if they do get a receiver among their first three picks, which I think in a perfect world they will, if that doesn't fall that way, uh, they'll look and see what receivers might become available as the draft ends. I, I just The thing with as is the foot injury has really sapped him of his speed, and that's really what Green Bay's offense needs, I think, opposite Devontae Adams. They've got Randall Cobb. They can use Ty Montgomery in the slot, but they need a speed guy to stretch the field on the other side. I'm not sure Des is that anymore, mm. but, but Ken, I think most importantly, the personality thing. I mean, when he's moping on the sidelines of he's open, he didn't get the look, and can Rodgers corral that? Does he want to? Um, the Packers offense you know, it certainly needs a little more help, but with Devontae Adams and Jimmy Graham now and Cobb and, and a three-headed running attack that they're excited about, I just don't know that spending, what, seven, eight, nine million on Des Bryant is, uh, is the way to go. I I see them finding a bargain bin wide receiver, maybe on the younger side with some speed if they can, or else they'll draft one. But I'd be really surprised if Des ends up in green and gold. Not so much for that. Well, there it goes. <laughs> well, that's just me. I I've been wrong before. I get it. We'll, we'll see where it goes. I just, uh, you know, having some fun, and uh, it would, I, I forgot about the injury. Uh, per se, and the fact that maybe not the same player. Obviously, the stats here, he's not the same player. And the Rodgers, uh, the histrionics on the sidelines with Des Bryant, the first time, you know, that uh, that Des Bryant doesn't get the football when he knows he's completely wide open. What's that going to be like? It's Aaron mm-hmm. Rodgers' team, and you got to think at some point Des Bryant is going to realize that, you know, maybe it's time our girl. We'll, we'll see where it goes, but uh, fun to speculate anyways. Trent, sorry about right. that. No, no problem at all. So it's been uh, certainly an interesting off season. No more Ted Thompson. He has a a different role, senior analyst or something like that. Uh, Ted Thompson with his new role in the organization. What does that mean? I mean, any fingerprints at all about what's going on, or is this completely a new regime? I think it's pretty much a new regime. I think what Ted calls himself and always has is a scout. So I think they will listen to some of uh, the results he comes up with of, of the guys he scouted and looked at. But, no, I think it's a new era with Brian Gutekunst. He's on with 12 draft picks. That's more than any team has, which means he can have a lot of fun moving up, moving down. I doubt they're going to draft 12 players. So it's going to be really interesting for Packers fans to see how Gutekunst handles his first draft, knowing he's got a lot of equity, a lot of picks. And, you know, we certainly hope for the last time in the next few years, uh, picking as high up in each round as he will be, including the first pick in the fourth and fifth rounds, uh, as part of the uh, Demarius Randall and Sean Kaiser trade, uh, not to mention, of course, the 14th pick. So I don't think Ted has a huge thumbprint anymore, but they'll certainly listen to what his thoughts are on certain prospects. Uh, ultimately, Gutekunst is the man, and uh, his fingerprints will be all over this draft. You know, I'm not sure if you had a chance to see the uh, sp- uh, the piece at Yahoo Sports today. Charles Robinson, who's I, I think a pretty plugged in writer, uh, opined on on Aaron Rodgers the fact that he believes that he's frustrated with management. I think his, his phrase was Dave was he was there he was being frozen out of decisions with him. I get the fact that you know that Rodgers. May have been a little bit upset when Alex Van Pelt, I mean, that's his quarterback coach. That's the guy that I would think that Rodgers is as close to on that staff as anybody as far as, you know, uh, working something out or when he, when Rodgers wants to vent. I'm assuming that, you know, that it's Van Pelt that's, uh, that's the one that's, that's at least willing to lend an ear. Do you think there's any... 
anything to the report that Rodgers is frustrated with the fact that they're not involving him, the Jordy Nelson decision, and the Van Pelt seem to be the two bigger ones? Oh, I'm sure he is. That's Rodgers' personality. He feels like he's got the track record and, and who he is, that, that maybe they should tell him a little bit of what's going on ahead of time. But that's just, as far as I know, not the way things work in the NFL. I think right. the, the, the Van Pelt decision came down to, hey, Brett Hundley failed, and the quarterback coach didn't have him ready to play. Yeah, he's, he's got a great parallel line with Rodgers. They get along great. But Hundley didn't deliver it, and that put Alex Van Pelt on the chopping block, and that's just the way it goes. You know, Jordy, I don't know what the, the talks were. Nelson has said he would have been willing to come back at a much more reasonable salary figure. If that's the case, and Green Bay wasn't at all interested in listening to that, uh, I'd be, you know, I understand why Rodgers might be upset. Uh, those guys put together productivity like very few quarterback receivers have over the last eight to ten years. But ultimately, guys, you know what it is. It's about winning. Uh, there's a new regime as far as offensive and defensive coordinators, uh, new GM, uh, it's a kind of a time of transition, and he's probably just concerned about where things are. I, I don't read too much into it. I get why it's a story. He's uh, in negotiations to do a new deal, and he can use that as some leverage. Uh, but ultimately, you know, Green Bay already brought in Jimmy Graham. They're going to have to figure out that other receiver and the right tackle spot on that offense. But otherwise, uh, the offense is in pretty good shape, I think, that a healthy Rodgers uh, should have it with, with uh, Phil Ben back to kind of run things where – Rodgers was his most productive when Philbin was there. Um, I feel like the offense is in a pretty good place and will be heading into training camp. It's the defense uh, with Mike Patton now running the show that needs a lot of overhaul, and I think we're going to see that uh, really starting in a couple weeks here with the draft. Speaking of uh, Van Pelt, a lot of changes in that coaching staff, and I want to get your thoughts on a couple of former Hawkeyes that are uh, on that coaching staff. Jerry Montgomery up front working on the defensive line, and David Rye, who is a guy that never played in Iowa City, but I mean, go back to his college days, and Kirk Ferentz was singing his accolades, just what he was able to do as, as a scout team guy and just knowing things. Can you tell us a little bit about both those guys, and it feels like maybe a couple of rising stars in the business. Yeah, well, Montgomery certainly is going to take over the strength of Green Bay's defense. That defensive line uh, is ready to bust out. Kenny Clark made a, a huge jump from year one to year two, the former number one pick from UCLA, next to Mike Daniels, who's already up a pro bowler and I think uh, set to be a star. And then they bring in Mo Wilkerson on a one-year deal to sort of anchor things. Uh, they have some nice pieces around those three guys, but that is the strength of Green Bay's defense, and Montgomery is going to be charged with, with taking over that unit and, and developing them and making sure that their arc continues to go upward the way it has. So it's a great opportunity for him, and, and I, I think he has a chance for that. If the Green Bay defense does turn around, and I think it will, again, I'll know more when I hear who else is going to join that, that unit, but I really like what Pettin has, has put out there and the way he runs his defense. It sounds like under Capers, it, it, communication was, was almost like a circus last year, and so uh, it's going to be a new sheriff in town. Montgomery's part of that staff. And I think it's a great opportunity. To be honest with Ryan, I don't know much about him um, at all. Uh, I don't want to speak out of turn. So uh, I do know that Green Bay's had really good success both on the field and on office with, with former guys tied with Iowa. So um, I think they like the, uh, what, what Ferentz has done there and the kind of guys he brings around and, and the coaches that develop. So I think it's a good opportunity for anybody from down there to, to come to this team right now and you know what? Everyone's talking about the Vikings and the Eagles and the Rams and the Saints. Um, Green Bay is going to sort of be that forgotten team, and they have to prove it, obviously, 
Um, but I think they've got some nice pieces in place and uh, a lot more to come here in a couple of weeks. Mm, Dave Sinek in the headcheese.com, Timberwolves in a moment. Dave, uh, they may be uh, on the precipice of perhaps of, of, of drafting another Hawkeye. It seems as though you know most of the mock drafts that I, that I read, and they're right there at 14 Green Bay, they're going to go secondary. Denzel Ward, Ohio State, is on most, I think, lists at the top of it. But if he's gone, Josh Jackson, who's uh, who really uh, his career took off in his junior your season leaves a year early, uh, just uh, picking off one pass after another as he took over for Desmond King, who looks like he's going to be a fine player with the Chargers uh, after his rookie year. Um, so does secondary make more sense? Would the Packers be looking? Is there a guy that they would love to move up and get now that you know they're doing things differently? What do you think they go uh, when they do draft 14, or do they try to move up? Yeah, I think you know it's going to depend you know on how things fall that night. I'd be surprised if they did something before the draft to get into that ten eleven spot. But I, I think there are six defensive players that sort of have separated themselves in, in the eyes of many. Uh, I don't I don't count Jackson in that six. I think he's in that very next wave. I think if Green Bay can get one of those six, and we know Chubb is going to be gone, and likely Derwin James will be gone, and Roquan Smith, uh, Denzel Ward, I think would be a dream pick for them. Uh, Micah Fitzpatrick, I think, would be a dream pick. If one of those six guys is available at 14, uh, Green Bay pounces. But I think they have to be worried that those six guys could be gone. You're going to have four quarterbacks, a lineman, and a running back for sure. That's six. Uh, those six guys likely to be among the next you know, six or seven picks. So uh, I'd love to see them move up a couple spots if they feel they need to to get one of those six guys. Um, Jackson would be a great consolation prize. I think the only concern is he was kind of a one-year wonder, wasn't he? He doesn't have a whole lot of tape beyond That's last true. season. Yep. So, you know, taking him at 14, I think he's the kind of guy that might be in that 15 to 20 range, might feel a little high for him when there's these six studs available. So I think defense has to be the pick. I think there's an outside shot they would go tackle if, if one of the guys they really love isn't there because of the concerns about Bulaga and his uh, recovery. And that's obviously a key spot for Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers is making sure your tackles are healthy. Um, so, you know, for me, a dream scenario is one of those defensive backs is there, whether it's James, Fitzpatrick, Ward, uh, or even Roquan Smith, the linebacker, to sort of become the centerpiece of Patton's defense. Uh, I'd love Green Bay to find a way to get to one of those six studs. If they have to move up a few uh, and then trade a few picks away, I think they should do it. All right, Dave, let's jump over to a little bit of hoops as uh, we get ready for game number two with the Rockets and the T-Wolves. And felt like they let one get away. If you're going to win a series like this, you have to win a game like Sunday night. How disappointing in the end was that one? A winnable game, it felt like. Yeah, I absolutely agree 100%. And it's, it's been what we've seen all season. The, the Timberwolves' final play strategy is just such a head-scratcher. <laughs> They've had countless games yeah. where it's just been – give the ball to Jimmy Butler, ISO, and see what he can do. And that's just not Butler's game, and it's not even really his personality. He, he likes to make his teammates better. That final play, Jeff Teague was wide open for a three. I mean, kick the ball to Teague and see what you got. Uh, so that was disappointing, yes. It was a lost opportunity. Uh, the, the Rockets are not going to shoot that poorly from three again. Uh, Ryan Anderson will be back, if not tomorrow night, certainly Saturday night for game three. Maybe their you know, best three-point shooter outside of Harden. So, yeah, it felt like a, a really good chance after getting kicked early and falling behind by double digits. They were right in that game. Carl uh, Anthony Towns' play was a real head-scratcher guy. He just looked a step slow from the start. It looked nothing like 
the Towns we had seen. Capella was 20-10 and 10 in the first half. Uh, now, Towns did make adjustments in the second half, but he took nine shots. And much was made of the fact that on pick and rolls, uh, the Rockets would put a small guy, you know, switch and have a small guy on Towns, and, and the Wolves didn't take advantage, didn't post him up. And, and he got Chris Paul on Carl Anthony Towns, and, and Towns is sliding out to shoot a three. So I'm really interested to see the adjustments that the Wolves make, but I, I think they're in for a tough spot tomorrow night. It feels like the Rockets uh, put a pounding on the Wolves tomorrow to go up 2-0, and then we see what happens back in the Twin Cities Saturday night with the uh, the energized crowd and 14 years of frustration. I hope the Wolves can make a game of it. But, man, that, everything turned, I think, at the end of game one because that was a chance to really make this a series, and now I feel like the Rockets are going to wake up and say, okay, we, we got this. Well, I hope there's a bunch of uh, miserable Minneapolis sports fans tomorrow morning when they wake up and uh, and the uh, Wolves pull one out for them and, and get them over there wild getting beat in game number uh, four tonight uh, at XL. Dave Sinekin, theheadcheese.com. Dave, schedule comes out this week. Any idea, uh, NFL-wise, what uh, what you're going to see? I mean, is there any been anything been trickling out? The only thing I've heard is that Green Bay put in a request for 100th season. They'd like to open up at home. Uh, they have not been open up at home much the, the last 10 years, maybe once or twice in the last 10 years the Packers have opened at home. Uh, there's talk it might be the Sunday night game, uh, which means you know maybe it's the Bears. There aren't a lot of great Packer home games on the schedule that scream prime time, especially with the Vikings likely opening up in Philly. So I think Green Bay opens at home, uh, whether it's prime time or not, not sure. Other than that, you know, despite the seven and nine record, I would expect, you know, four at least four primetime games for Green Bay, including uh, the Patriots game. Feels like a prime timer out in New England. Uh, I love it, just like most football fans. It gets mm. us one step closer. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'll be furious at the laptop as soon as the schedule comes out, trying to book a few hotel rooms for my few uh, <laughs> games in Green Bay because you got about an hour. You know, after an hour, the hotels are gone. Yeah. So that'll be my. Uh, That'll be what I'm doing when the schedule comes out. But I'm just like all football fans, excited to see how things fall. No question, Dave. We'll catch you next week. We'll talk about the schedule. We'll get your last uh, thoughts on uh, on the draft that is upon us. Thank you, Dave Sinekin. Have fun on the radio after the game on uh, on Saturday night. Thanks, Dave. My pleasure, guys. Talk to you next week. Yeah, good to talk to you. Uh, Dave Sinekin, theheadcheese.com. He's on uh, FAN. He does a Sunday morning Packer preview. It's the voice of the Vikings, yet they've been doing <laughs> Packer preview for 22 years up there. That, uh, good that they make a spot for the Packer fans in the Twin Cities because there's a pile of them. There are, yes. Uh, they migrate their way over to Minneapolis, and a couple of my family members actually did Is that. Is that a fan? Yeah, yeah. So Sinekin shot down my Des Bryant theory. Yeah, they they have some cap room. Mm-hmm. Not a ton. Mm-hmm. They're kind of middle of the pack right now. Uh, I was looking at that earlier today, but... You know where he's going to end up if he doesn't end up there, right? I mean, is it inevitable? It seems like it is. Where are you going? It just seems like it's inevitable. Inevitable. Dez going to... Where did Dez Gruntel, Corey Dillon end up? Where did uh, Trouble New Randy England. Moss end up? Oh, okay. I see where you're going. Doesn't it seem like that? <laughs> the Belichick's going to swoop in, get him under <laughs> undervalued contract yeah. for a year... Resurrect his career, send him to the Pro Bowl, back in the Super Bowl again. They did just trade Cooks, right? Yeah, he's gone. Okay. I could see it. Of course. I could see it. 
We shall see. What do you and Mr. Brinson have planned for Drive Home today? We got a little more NFL talk. We'll be talking draft with Sean Tomlinson coming up in the 5 o'clock hour early on, 4 o'clock hour. Alex Halstead will be stopping by, some Cyclone talk. Mm -hmm. His uh, final thoughts on spring football and the continued speculation about grad transfers in basketball and and all those different things. So we'll get into that with Alex Halstead at about 4.20. Good stuff. I say they lost out. They're not on the short list of, what's the kid's name, Mooney from... Uh, Matt Mooney, yeah. yeah. He cut it down to three, I think Creighton, it was. Texas Creighton's Tech. Creighton's in on everybody. It's amazing. Texas Tech, too. McDermott's done a great job. Yeah. So um, is Beard. Yes, well, yeah. But, but year after year, uh-huh. they're always in the mix for somebody, either mm-hmm. a sit-out transfer or a grad transfer. I like the way they work the market. They've done a really nice job of it. Iowa State How obviously How much does has. the Big East help him? Oh, a ton. I would have to think, A, a right? ton, Because yeah. that's still a prestige. It's not what it was. No, no. But it's still... I mean, Matt Norlander, when I, we had him on last week and I talked about Power 5, and he, he rightly corrected me that it's more than 5, it's yeah. 7. Yeah, And, and they're absolutely part of it. Mm-hmm. When it comes to bat, well, they don't play football. They don't. Right. So it, um, I, think, I think the Big East has really helped. And that was the big... Yeah, all the travel and blah, blah, blah. Creighton and the Big East... I think that is something that is very beneficial. Yeah, you know, and the the other sports, how much does it matter? It doesn't. Yeah, I mean, you're, yeah, your travels a lot more expensive. You're it's the price of doing business. Yeah, you're going to Cincinnati and going to New York <laughs> and for your soccer team, right? Yeah, all right. Yeah. Okay. Costly trip. But nice airport. What? Epley's a nice airport to fly. Well, in, and it's though. not like those programs are chartering planes no, anyway. No, no, they're they're flying, flying commercial. commercial, and you know, what What really is the difference? Out of Omaha, which is a pretty big hub. It is. Epley's nice. I like Epley. And you're flying, you're trying to get to Carbondale. So what are you, are you flying into St. Louis and then driving the hour and a half to Carbondale? That would be the way I think I would do it, right? Or economic-wise. You know, you can get a direct flight into Philly or a direct flight into Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. Cost maybe it isn't that big of a difference. Mm-hmm. I don't know. No, but it, uh, they're, they're doing, to your point, McDermott is uh, yeah. is certainly doing uh, very well. All right, uh, Jimmy B and TC get you home today from 4 until 6. We're back tomorrow. We, uh, we've got the cap man. We hope to get back on the NFL draft. We said we'd do the locals mm-hmm. uh, on, uh, on Wednesday. Well, that's tomorrow, so we haven't got that finalized yet, but we hope we'll be able to talk Hawkeyes and Cyclones as they uh, get set for the NFL draft. You got your Jets uh, sweatshirt on hoodie today. Yes, I do. How you feeling? Nervous as you know what. <laughs> you still got a long wait. Are you, no, gonna, are you gonna be pacing, or you got a busy afternoon? I've got a busy afternoon. Good, thank you. But it's a late game tonight. That's right. Seven o'clock. <laughs> oh well. <laughs> <laughs> I like the six o'clock start. The, the six was better than you. I thought it was one of those no, eight thirty. No, it's seven because there's nothing else happening out west, so they got to put the teams in the Western Conference, even though they're in the Central Time Zone. That's been the case. Uh, I think Nashville game one, eight thirty start yeah. for them. Last night nine o'clock, but I get they were in the mountains. They're last in, night. Right. That that was different. But in Nashville, it's like eight thirty start. This is an important game. I mean, obviously more important for the Wild as they try to tie it up, mm-hmm. but. Uh, Boy, I'd feel a lot better about my squad advancing if they can put this one in the win column. Of of the three tonight, this is the most important for the series. Columbus is already up two nothing. Yep. They're back at home. Yep. It's three nothing in the Vegas uh, series with the Kings. This is if you're watching one hockey this game be tonight. The one. This is the one. CNBC seven o'clock puck drop. XL Energy Center Jets. Wild.
We're back tomorrow at noon. <laughs> Appreciate you listening. Trent and I, Monday through Friday, noon to 2, 1700 KBGG. Now, listen to 1700 KBGG on Alexa. Say, Alexa, enable the 1700 KBGG skill. Then to play us, say, Alexa, play 1700 KBGG. Simple enough. Hey, guys, Nate Adams. Buying jewelry can be scary. When I was ready to propose, I went online first. But then I stopped by Christopher's Fine Jewelry. Christine showed me the four C's and helped me understand what I was buying. I got a ring that my wife loves to this day and a relationship with a local jeweler that is so important. If you're ready to propose, go to Christopher's today. Special engagement pricing going on now through April 30th. Learn more at Christopher'sJewelry.com. At Wolf Construction, we do many large construction projects across the Midwest, but we started as a roofing company, and we're still a roofing company today. At Wolf Construction, we don't just show up with a dumpster and trailer in your driveway. We arrive with a business card in hand, ready to take care of your home. Whether it's a simple roof repair, a complete re-roofing project, or a new construction project, Wolf Construction can handle the job. Call Wolf Construction at 515-225-8866 or visit us on the web at wolfconstruction.net. We're a roofing machine. Come on out and try Mama Mia's, opening soon. Originally founded in 1973 in Indiana, but brand new to Des Moines, Mama Mia's offers unique pizza combinations you won't find anywhere else, like their 10 drool-worthy signature pizzas. Mmm, pizza. Come test their claim as Des Moines' best meatballs. Mmm, meatballs. It's the newest, coolest pizza joint in Des Moines, Mama Mia's, serving New York-style pizza for lunch and their family recipe thin crust for dinner. Mama Mia's, 550 Southwest 9th Street in Des Moines, part of the new Cityville on 9th Complex. That's 550 Southwest 9th Street, just south of downtown. Mama Mia's opening soon. Mama Mia's is this week's sweet deal. Get $50 worth of Mama Mia's gift certificates for only $25. That's a sweet deal. There's a limited number, and they're sure to go fast, so get yours Friday morning at 9 at 1700kbgg.com. If you're a small business owner, you know how important it is to keep good records. We can help. Hi, this is Mike Hammond, owner of Advantage Financial and Tax Services located in West Des Moines. Bookkeeping, payroll, sales tax reporting, as well as income taxes, everything you need to be successful in running your business. We are not a chain and offer local and personalized service. You do what you do best and let us do the rest. Visit AdvantageIowa.com or call 440 Advantage Financial and Tax Services, located in West Des Moines. Are you in the mood for real, classic, homemade Italian food? Well, I have the spot for you. It's Villaggio. Two locations. The newest location in urban.